once again. This is Nuance. Thank you all for joining us. As always, I am Mike Scala, joined by Jay Carter, the hip hop artist Timid and the chair of BLM Tokyo. That's a mouthful sometimes, as well as Sheba <laughs> Abraham from the League of Women Voters. We'll be speaking about a number of topics, including the Super Bowl halftime show, as we've done per tradition here on Nuance. But first, how are you guys doing? Well, doing all right, doing laughing well. at y'all with the snow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the snow, so it can snow another day for me the whole week. I would love it. You know, I saw somebody say that people like the snow who don't have jobs. Oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> don't have to worry about commuting in it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, for for driving and stuff, or just existing. I just don't like being cold. Period. Um, well, the cold I can, you know, I can tolerate. But see, I'm, I'm used to it, so it doesn't really bother me. What about having to clean off your car if there's ice on the windshield and all that, letting it run for a long time? And it gets all messy and just ice. The roads are icy and dangerous, and you don't mind all that. No, not at all. But they keep the roads pretty clean, so that's not too bad. But I don't mind cleaning my car off and you know running it so it can get warm. And you know what it is. Maybe this is just the New Yorker in me. It just takes too long, right? So if I want to go someplace, I want to go someplace, right? I don't have time to be waiting half an hour for. The car to get cleaned. Um, Why are you waiting half an hour? What 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 kind yeah. of stuff are you getting? If there's ice all on the, the windows and everything, and you have to run that the the car for a while, run the engine, turn the heat up all the yeah. way, put the defrost on, right the front and the back, scrape it, and clean the whole car that's, off. I mean, yeah, it's a big production sometimes. That's not a half hour though. No, absolutely, it could take a half an hour. <laughs> You're moving kind of slow if it takes it half a half an hour. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, and then you got to shovel the sidewalk all around it and everything, and clear a path. Yeah. Something you got to take that. snow. Yeah, I'm not with all of that. That's just it's a nuisance. Yeah, no, it's 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 much. It's a bit much. It's doing too much. Yeah. 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 I'd prefer. Uh, I prefer. None of that in nice warm weather. So same you know. here. Tropical climates. Yes. Yes. I'm with that. No, all I right. like all the four seasons. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> the hotel. So speaking of snow, there is a bit of a controversy going around in New York City in particular when it comes to remote learning, right? Obviously this started during the pandemic and they would do Zoom classes or what have you. Now, the new thing is that instead of getting a traditional snow day where the kids are off, they have to stay home and do online classes. How do you feel about that? Because some people are saying, give the kids a snow day like we used to have. Listen, man, too bad. Suck it up. You got to do it. Um, now, were you doing it? Be fair, Jay. Were you doing online learning? Wait, wait, no, wait, if man. it was if it were me, if I were a student, oh yeah, it would suck. I would hate that. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, come on. But um, you know, the, the next generation of kids won't know any different. I would know different because, you know, but again, 
I'm trying to think of how I guess I did halfway, you know, my high school there was no snow, but uh before that we did have those snow days, but I mean, you know. But why is New York City like that? Why are they always in school? No snow days. What's what where did that come from? And they're trying to get the students learning, right? Get the scores yeah. up. Get them to do better in school, better outcomes. Yeah. I mean, there's an option now, right? You know, because the of the remote possibility. You said it's an option? Well, no, I mean, it's... it's no, I mean... From no, I mean, there is the... From the kid's point of view. No, I mean, there is the option now. Like, before, before remote learning and the experience of doing remote learning, when there was snow and, and roads were shut down, there was no option to continue doing lessons or continue with the school day. But now we have that experience, we do know how to do it. And so there is an option to be able to continue even when, you know, there's no way to get to school because of snow days. So yeah, it's just, just what it is. Chris DeVito on Facebook says that is stupid. The kids should have a snow day, give them a break. I agree. They get like a whole three months in the summer for a break. And now there's talk of even doing away with that going 12 months a year or making summer vacation a lot shorter. Because I think, I think the educators, I think they don't get the three months, the months they used to get um, before. Haven't they cut those months kind of to like a month? When school's for out? Educators, for educators, I think it's a different story because they have, um, you know, they do have some administrative stuff they have to deal with. Plus, they don't get paid during the summer vacation. So a lot of them took pick up um part-time jobs or they do summer school to pick bring in some more money so i mean it's it's a job for them it's not school so they don't have you know they're looking to extend that pay oh the teachers on salary get paid for the year right uh -huh. i thought so yeah i thought yeah. those that were salary did yeah yeah but i think the salary is probably cut down or something because I, I think there's something you know and they that's why they do some teachers do um, summer schools to pick up extra. You might be thinking of uh, substitute teachers. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, salary no, teachers. Yeah, yeah, they get, they get paid a salary in New York, and it's a pretty good salary. I mean, uh -huh. to at least to other states, right? There are some states in the U.S. where the teachers don't get paid anything, right? But comparatively, in New York, they do pretty well. Well, what they do is, here's the thing is, they may get the salary monthly check, but that it's it's really they're getting paid for nine months and they're splitting it over 12 months so that they're getting those checks. So the checks are going to be lower. Right, but I'm it's, it's different it's a, in some places. Yearly salary, though, it's still a good yearly salary, right? It's, uh -huh. You're talking New York. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking New York. Outside of New York. Yeah. So uh, someone left a series of laugh emojis on a post. I'm not sure why. And I think this is perhaps indicative of the fact that we live in different bubbles because there are various conspiracy theories out there about why the schools are quick to close. I'm not sure if that's what this person was getting at, but it's possible because sometimes people will do that, right? They won't leave any kind of context they'll leave like a laugh emoji or something like that as if we all know what they're referring to and we really don't so one can only dig into what the conspiracy theories are what the possible reasons are out there that one might react this way and i do see again not 
sure if that's what this person was getting at, but I do see some people out there say that the reason why New York now is so quick to close schools is because they want to give the migrants a place to seek shelter. We're in New York City? Yeah, yeah that's that's just that's just bigotry nonsense. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Well, it did happen in Brooklyn, right? That was a pretty, I mean, uh-huh. DeSantis kept talking about that during the presidential debates, right? So that right. became a talking point on the right. But it did actually happen where they had to take temporarily, right? Migrants, I think they were employed right. in a field, right? They had to put them in, in the school in Brooklyn. And so, uh-huh. you know, maybe it is just fueled now by emotion or bigotry in some cases or whatever, right? Anger. But there are people now saying that basically anytime there's harsh weather or a storm of some kind, they'll say, uh oh, those migrants who are staying outside are going to be moving to the schools. Oh. And here's the thing like, so what? So what? If if it's a snow day and the school's already shut down anyway, and there's an open space well, for hold on people a second. who are not going to freeze to death, that's the thing though, and and that's why maybe. And, and I'm just trying to figure out why someone would laugh at a post saying the schools are going to be closed. But I think that the idea behind this, the notion is that the schools weren't going to be closed, you know, without the migrant situation happening. But the reason why they're closing them. Is because of the migrants so it's almost like an excuse like they're saying we have we need this space yeah. you know what i mean it wouldn't have been there otherwise i think that's why they're they're saying this is funny again i'm not sure i'm just trying to figure out why someone might react that way yeah i i, I don't think that would be the case because i mean think about it but if there were no migrant situation the schools would still close if it was snow uh-huh. days you know i mean it's how we've been doing it for decades for generations no, but- you know? But that's not necessarily the case if there was just a little bit of snow, right? Well, yeah, if it's a little bit, uh-huh. yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, so that's what their people are saying. I, I mean, I see that. They're saying that this wouldn't have been a snow day if not for the migrants. It wasn't that serious of a storm, they're saying. Uh, uh, people, I think that's, that's that's speculative, and people are able to, are, are doing that because they have a certain, uh, a certain point they want to get across because there are issues uh-huh. with, you know. And that's, right, migrants. that's been happening a lot lately right anything that happens automatically made political yeah yeah i I, it's you know it's nonsense i think it's nonsense we're politicizing snow (laughs) this is where we are yeah so well speaking of politics (laughs) what were your thoughts on the super bowl halftime show because even that was very politicized right why? What was politi- political about it? Well, the Super Bowl in general, people, this is a new thing. A lot of people on social media are saying that the NFL is fixed. It's also rigged. And I'm not sure if this came into being when sports betting became more widespread and people are mad that they're losing their money. I'm not sure what's really driving this. Um, well, I, then again, I know some of us driving it because our favorite, the uh, Vake, whatever his name is, he put up a tweet not long ago feeding into that and now he didn't make it up right but he's he's obviously uh Uh co-opting that and making it bigger right he's using his platform to amplify that message and make even more people believe it i'm sure but what i know what was what happened that was political about i mean i didn't watch the super bowl so what yeah what is it yeah so i think the idea is from the conservatives who are buying into this is the Super Bowl was fixed for the Chiefs all along, 
so that uh, Taylor Swift could be propped up and she's going to endorse Biden and help him win the election. Oh, uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, uh, Come yeah. on. Really? Like, like the whole know, Super Bowl the, the is rigged? Were down. They were down. They were losing. All of a sudden they come back. They tie the uh, they tie the score and then they win. <laughs> it's a game. It happens. So, so wait, so people are actually adults it's are actually fixed. believing <laughs> are actually believing that the whole Super Bowl was fixed. More than that, Jay. They're so that Taylor Swift more than that, oh, yeah, that's the right. entire season. It wasn't just this one game. They're saying that yeah. all of the games in football are fixed. It's just it's like wrestling or something. Like the whole thing. Yeah. Is so this could break. And 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 Taylor Swift figured into the plan because she's going to endorse Biden. Like, yep, that's what they're saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a mental illness. This the, is a mental the, illness. The, the, Here's a tweet. <laughs> I, I can I just put up the tweet from Vivek Ramaswamy, <clears throat> and this is last month, right? He posted this. I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up couple this fall. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it ages over the next eight months. So, of course, he's going to say he was right. Yeah. Why? Did they win? They did. Yeah, they won. Okay. And um, Taylor Swift, the young man that she's dating, he's on the Kansas City Chiefs team, right? Right. Right. So, well, there you go. And see, and this is how the whole thing was politicized, right? Because you have people, I guess, who are concerned with her politics or the fact that she might endorse Biden. They were rooting okay. against the Chiefs. They were, ironically, they were rooting for San Francisco, a city that the conservatives probably don't like under normal circumstances. It's 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 a it's a mental illness, is what it is. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's it's such a mental illness. Like, come on, really. But people are taking it very serious. Yeah, and I'm seeing it more and more. And that's scary. What's even scary is he was a presidential candidate. It isn't just him, though. See, he is doing what Trump did so well, and that's echoing yes. that populist message. That's out there. All you got to do is look on social media. You'll you'll see it. Same thing Trump yes. did when he ran in 2016, right? You just look at what the angry uncles out in, in the world are saying, and you you tweet it. You amplify that message, and then it, uh -huh. it, it's like it feeds itself, right? Because then the people who already are saying that say, yes, finally someone who gets it, and then you're getting more followers that way. You're, you're just like, you're, you're blowing it up. It's like it's like a snowman almost, right? You're you're just yeah. accumulating all this energy and putting it back out there. Feed, you know, it feeds off of itself. And... That's what he's doing. You know, he, he didn't invent that. He, he didn't invent the playbook. He didn't invent the messaging. Uh, he's just doing it. It's, it's you know. No, but that's I, I don't I don't think that's a good excuse to say that he didn't invent it. He's just echoing what's out there. When you're when you are running for office or even, you know, especially the highest office in the land, you're supposed to have the wherewithal to be able to filter out some of that craziness to try to focus a, oh, yeah. a, a better message like he's bringing that conspiracy nonsense to the 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 presidential campaign that's like, what I'm if saying. you can't it's filter not, that out that's dangerous oh yeah it's not an excuse but what he's doing does legitimize it in a sense right because he, right. Is, he was seen as a serious presidential candidate and he had that big platform he was on the debate stage and that's saying some of that stuff on the debate stage even yeah and so it's not a new thing but it is it is a dangerous thing for sure absolutely so now he's that I'm listen, he's I'm glad he's out. 
I'm glad he's nowhere near. I mean, but now, you know, I saw what was it recently? He was uh, buddying up with Trump or something. Yeah, I'm sure he's trying uh, to get grabbing it. But, you know, my point, though, is that forget him. Right. <laughs> as dangerous please. as that is. This is something I've been seeing for a long time. I've been seeing it online. And it's just crazy how all of these conspiracy theories now flat earthers. Right. Probably at right. all time. All the stuff. Crazy stuff is seen as mainstream right because everyone is just spouting i don't know if it's the algorithm right if it's the social media thing whatever no. it is. but you find so many people who will repeat these same things to the point where it just becomes almost normal and it's not yeah i don't i don't i wouldn't put that on the algorithm i would just it's it's part of society it's the paranoia um and it's people willing to capitalize on it for for personal or organizational gain and algorithms help that paranoia to to spread, but people still have to be the ones that are going to perpetuate it. They're going to believe it and going to reiterate it on the stages that they're doing. Um, you know, from from political from the presidential campaigns to the halls of Congress, you know, to their own personal statements. Like they still have to be the ones that's doing that, and so. Yeah, it's right. it's feeling of the, the algorithm amplifies that, right? Because if you sure. look at a video, for example, if you looked up a flat earth video, I'm sure you're going to start yeah. seeing a bunch of more flat earth videos, right? And it's going to keep giving this information. Maybe you were just curious about what the perspective was, or you're like, yeah, what is this? Right. Look at it. But now all of a sudden it's bombarding you with this stuff. And mm -hmm. it does seem to echo those extremist voices. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's how it works. It, it It's on you to to then ignore those messages coming in so if i for example in your in the example if i there's a, a flat earth video that goes by maybe the thumbnail looks interesting i'm thinking why would people believe this i'm just kind of curious and then of course the algorithm is going to be like oh well you like this here here's a, a hundred more videos about this it's on me to not watch those videos anymore but you, you know, know that something's always going to catch your eye. Something's going to gonna make you curious. And you, you have go to from still one, be in control. Yeah. You still have to be in control. Everybody's not disciplined like that. Right. You know, well, that's a problem. Here's another thing. Because that brand of populism, which I think is so intertwined or prone to the conspiracy theory nonsense, has become such a staple on the political right. I think almost anyone looking at right wing videos, um, Twitter feeds, whatever it is, anything on social media is going to be bombarded with these conspiracy theory messages because it's just so part of that brand of politics right now that it's almost mm -hmm. hard to divorce the two. And that's why I think sure. anyone looking at right wing content online is probably going to be at some point hit with a bunch of messages about how football is rigged, for example, and that becomes normal to them and they're going to start potentially believing it too, you know, because like I said, I'm seeing this a lot now and I never used to Absolutely. see it before. Uh, I never, this one in particular, the NFL is rigged and I'm not a big football guy or whatever, but I never saw people talking uh -huh. that nonsense before. Now it's almost all I see that everyone's just saying it. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you have to be, you have to be your own filter. I mean, people have to yeah, adult some, at some point, you know, they can't, you know they have to have critical thinking skills at some point um because these messages are going to be out there and, and you know these algorithms i think feed on that but i'm sorry i think not just the algorithms but the people perpetrating this they're right. preying on people who don't have those critical thinking skills yeah 
Right. And the thing is, we're so so biased and hyped up right now. I think a lot of people's critical thinking skills are skewed, you know, because your president, your presidential candidate, your former president is telling you that this is what it is. And so, wow, well, you know, critical thinking, let's look to a a source. This was the president. That's a that's a real source. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, it's it's. But is there, a, 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 be... is there some truth in, in any of that? What? And 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 what you know? Um, what we're discussing now with the um, conspiracy theories. Is there a ounce of truth in that? That people well, that, say, the, oh, that the whole that the whole NFL season was rigged so that Biden could get elected. Listen, and using Taylor Swift and her relationship to do it? Yes, because I bet it on the San Francisco 49ers and I lost about a million dollars. So the NFL is rigged. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, <laughs> no, there's no kind of val- uh, validity or any grain of, of truth to this conspiracy theory. What do you think, Mike? Is there is there a grain of a truth no, in the it, There's no grain of truth. Um, <laughs> is there a grain of truth in the earth being flat? I mean, any of these things, they're all ridiculous, aren't they? I th- yeah, it's just you the know say, look, if you try to be extremely charitable, and I don't know this to be the case, but I've heard, and again, this also could be just more conspiracy theory. I've heard people talking when it comes to the NBA about referees being a little biased in the way that they call fouls. Like if it's a superstar, if it's LeBron, yeah. they're less likely to call a foul or something like that because they're trying to protect their stars. You know, could, could that be a factor? It's, it's possible, right? Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that's, that's a possibility. You can have, you can have, um, you can have uh, referees that are biased that uh, make mm-hmm. calls sure. like that. Yeah. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's, no. Very possible. Look what happened right? to the Knicks last night. You saw what happened to the Knicks in Houston. Oh. No. And they lost the game. Where the ref, uh, where they, uh, the ref called the foul on one of the Knicks. The Knicks didn't touch the uh, Houston player. The player scores two baskets, called the foul, two baskets, and the Knicks lost. And the referee is saying, "Well, yeah, I did make a mistake." <laughs> Right. Well, there's also something with the overtime rules because they changed recently, and apparently they were changed because when the Chiefs played the Patriots a few years ago, that the Chiefs never got to have a possession, so they lost against the Patriots, I guess, with Tom Brady as a quarterback in overtime without ever, ever having their offense on the field. And so I guess they, they were complaining about that, and it, they changed the rules after the fact. And now the, I guess some players on the 49ers said they didn't realize that the rules were changed. So I don't know how that all works, but I wouldn't put that in the conspiracy theory bucket. I would just say that was a rule change that happened. Um, one thing I do think that happens when it comes to an attempt to set things up a little bit, I think that these major sports leagues want to get more eyes on a product. They want more teams, especially in big markets, making the playoffs because they know more people will watch then. And so in recent years, there has been an effort to expand the postseason and have more teams in the playoffs. That's why they have all these extra wild cards and everything. You know, it used to be like you win your division and then you make it to the, to the next round. Now you can come in like second or third and still make the playoffs because they want to have basically every team in the playoffs because they know more people will watch that way, right? Like if, you know, you're a yeah. new and your team is in a playoff, you can watch it. 
Yeah, that has changed over the years. Yeah, it has. So there are things like that can happen, but that you know, that, I think that's all far removed from this kind of stuff about those uh, right. plot for them to win all along. And every game was fixed. Right, and it's just the moving parts to make that happen just don't it just don't add up. And then the whole tech, you know what? Here's the thing: I really don't get this whole anti Taylor Swift thing um, regarding the the NFL, like. I know if, I guess she's dating this guy. So apparently when the, the games air, there's a lot of shots of her on, on the sidelines and people are getting sick of that. But like, I was thinking Taylor's... of the politics of that, Jay, because when they, I think they were singing America the Beautiful or whatever at the beginning of the game, they had a shot of her during the song, uh-huh. the whole stadium booed. And I was thinking, well, why is it so much boo? But then I realized because if you're probably a supporter of hers, you're not going to cheer especially because you're used to it by now, but you're booing to make a stand on the other side. It's like the negative Yelp review effect. And then I'm wondering if you have people like you said, who are just tired, like they're, they're at the Super Bowl, they're, they're, they're football aficionados and they're tired of that being interjected into the game, right? Right. And and that could be, you know, it's not her that's doing it. This would be the media that's covering it, like that that's choosing to focus on Taylor Swift. And it's probably... I would say they're probably doing it more for what you were saying earlier to try to get more eyes on the game. Oh, Taylor Swift's a massive megastar. Oh, if we uh-huh. start showing her on the screen more, we're going to probably attract some Taylor well, Swift fans and get more eyes on our stuff. Time out, though. There's one conspiracy theory that I have, <laughs> time out. I see yeah, <laughs> that I have considered maybe true. You tell me. Oh, is it possible that she is an AI creation to see if we humans will will just believe anything? Because, like you just said, she's a big megastar, right? Have mm-hmm. you ever met someone in real life who's heard one of her songs? Yeah, I've heard her, her song. Have you heard her song? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, the only song of hers that I ever heard of was a well-known Mariah Carey song called Shake It Off. I'm thinking, that's a Mariah Carey yeah. song. Something is wrong here. Like, what's going on right now? Mm. Sheba, have you heard her songs? No. She's an implanted memory. She's not real. She's an implanted memory by the Matrix. <laughs> See, I think this is a more plausible conspiracy theory than the NFL is rigged, to be honest with you, because oh, okay. everyone talks well, about how this is like a big megastar, the biggest star in the world. Someone said she yes. was a billionaire. I don't think I've met anyone who's heard her music. I haven't. Yeah, so I'm she's saying, a, isn't that weird? Is she a writer? Uh-huh. Is she a writer? I know. She's, she's a, she is very popular in the the teen and tween markets where that's where there's a huge amount of money. So maybe you need to be into country music to really know that because it's, it's, it never came on my radar. Is she, is she a country Uh singer? I think she has country and pop a mix, right? She does. I know she just won a Grammy for. I just know that there are country uh, artists who like you'll see on the Grammys or whatever. And I'm like, you know, who the hell is that? That I always just chalked it up to me not being into country music. So I kind of, I guess, Put her in that same category um but it's just weird that everyone considers her this big pop star and no one i've talked to has ever heard any of her music it, that's kind of an odd thing right there's just so, something weird about that well i think it's you know you're not really the you're not really the the tween girl market so you know yeah but even though you're tween girl you know maybe tweens you at least and i understand what mike is saying you would uh, you would hear her music somewhere yeah yeah i've heard beyonce Brian Carey. 
Usher, yeah. right? You've heard all these artists. It's not my cup yeah. of tea. I'm not an R&B fan, whatever. But I've heard of, I've heard their music. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, right. any, Britney Spears even back in the day, right? I was never into that. But the, who, who are the thing? Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all these pop artists in sync at the time. Right. Went out of my way to listen to it, but I was aware of their music. I heard their songs in stores and on the radio, whatever. I've never heard anything that that, that someone said. Who's that? Oh, that's Taylor right. Swift. I, that, that's never mm-hmm. occurred to me in my life, which is kind of weird for someone supposed to be the biggest star in the world maybe you have and didn't realize it but no one ever said to me that's who that was if i did right yeah and i understand what mike is saying because i i didn't know who she was until she the the media was talking about her i i was like oh who is she the only time you know who no, no, no. I was only aware of her from the 2009 VMAs when Kanye took the mic from her. And I thought she was like a disgruntled American Idol contestant or something like that. And all of a sudden she's this big star. Like, I don't, you know, I don't understand yeah. how that happened. I wasn't that focused, I would say, in on her. I, I wouldn't because if she's teen tween, teens and tweens, I wouldn't yeah, focus on her. If, if you look at it, I looked her up. She's, she's close to my age. Like, she's not that young. <laughs> no, she's... <laughs> She's older, well, like I said, she was new at the at that was the two thousand nine or whatever. That was her her first year out. But and you're telling it, me that preteens listen to a thirty something year old? Yeah, they love Taylor Swift. How do you know they that? They're yeah, Swifties. You know They're Swifties. They love Taylor Swift. Jay, have you considered the possibility that you are an AI creation? I have considered that possibility, and actually, science does back up that theory that it's very possible and very likely that we all are i heard there's a one in two chance that we all are yeah so i have contemplated it just do me a favor ask people have you ever heard one of her songs because everyone i've spoken to said no i can't name any taylor swift songs. well there you go how is she the biggest star in the world if none of us can name one song i didn't say she was the biggest star in the world she is a mega star though i mean it's undeniable how do you know that? How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a grain of truth to this conspiracy theory, Jay? Yes. <laughs> a grain of truth. I think so. I think so. I'm surprised that she's a billionaire. That really surprises me because, like, what has she done to be a billionaire? But... You see what I'm saying? <laughs> isn't this very odd? This is all very strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I know Rihanna was... A billionaire from makeup does she have a makeup brand I and mean, what, you know, what is she doing to get the to right that? rihanna has that that fenty, fenty. brand or something yeah you can't i, I don't know music, where right everyone knows that you can't become a billionaire just off of music you have to have some other branding if she did then that's you know then that's amazing but i don't think she did um yeah what does she got it says according to bloomberg um, she made. She's the first musician to achieve billionaire status solely based on her songs and performance. Now, does that sound outlandish to you? I mean, come on. Who's that? Taylor Swift. The first person to become a billionaire solely off of music, and no one can name one of her songs. Isn't that crazy? Give it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. What is this? Who are these people? Where are they? Are yeah. they musicians? Like, what is going on? You sound you sound like um you sound like all of these these people uh that that are on social media now questioning Killer Mike's win at the Grammys talking about who is this Killer Mike? No one's ever heard of Killer Mike before. How is he for a long the best time, album? Yeah. Dungeon Fam, he has stuff with Outkast back in the day. I mean, he's been yeah, I've heard of Killer you Mike. You know that. You know that. 
All of these, all of these younger guys and, and girls that are on the internet now, they're putting up these videos talking about who is this guy, Killer Mike, winning best album, hip hop album of the year. Never even heard of this guy. How is? It? Yeah, you Listen, sound just like that. Big over the, I, yeah, I never right. even got into yeah. that, but like Andre does. I know a lot of people who are into Run the Jewels, all that, all that stuff. That's not, you know, he he's been doing it big for a while. Yeah, but a lot of these younger younger generation don't know him. And so they're confused at who is this guy all of a sudden coming out of nowhere winning best album. Yeah, but he's not on the Super Bowl and no one told you that he got a billion dollars from his music alone. Right. No, but he's the he's you know, he's the uh best album of the year winner. So uh -huh. that's hip hop though, right? A lot of hip hop yeah. albums of the year haven't been big in terms of like wide scale crossover mainstream success. Uh-huh. Right. Well, it, yeah. And so that's why there are a lot of people saying, hey, I'd never heard of this guy. Um, they're just not interested. But that would be, be like me going You're to not you know, a folk album of the year. Like, who was that folk singer? I never heard, but that's not my genre. That's no, but uh -huh. the, these people are hip hop listeners. No, they're not. Or they proclaim to be. Like, they, they don't know much about hip hop, right? Well, that's right. what I think. But for them, they're like, oh, Travis Scott and, and Lil Yachty, this is hip hop to them. So, they hear Killer Mike and like, what is that? Who is that guy? It's the same with the Swifty thing. Oh, like these, not the same. It's no, very it similar. Isn't. It is. No, it isn't. At least You're talking not. About a mega pop star who just told me it was a billionaire, and none of us has heard one of her songs. I don't know if anyone has, but but this there are obviously enough people that have heard her songs that she's a billionaire and she's a mega. How do you find them? Let's try to get one of them on the show. Yeah. Can you? This is like finding the mustard on the burger and Burger King. Have you found a person? Can you identify an individual? <laughs> Right. I agree with James in the chat. Our generation doesn't listen to Taylor Swift. We're not expected to know her music. Um, I don't know what this other comment says. Uh, audio was terrible. I don't know if that means Taylor Swift, if that oh, means Usher. the Super Bowl. Is that means us? Show. So let's talk about that. The halftime show, because I don't know if this has been politicized as much per se, but I'm looking at comments on social media and people are saying that it was a bad show for the most part. Now, really? Uh -huh. yeah. I, I, the the no, immediate... I the immediate reactions I saw was the this is the best show ever. Really? No, all the ones that best I best one since Prince. Oh no, they, they were saying who who is that? I didn't recognize any of the songs. I can't understand a word he's saying. I wish they would do real music again. These are the comments that I'm seeing. No, wow. I heard it was good. I heard what uh, uh, Jay heard and saw that it was a good show. Well, if I could describe yeah. it because I saw it, if I could describe it in one word, I would say underwhelming. Right. Really? Was did you see it, Jay? No, I didn't. Okay, so it was basically a medley of his well-known songs. And, and again, Usher. I was never an Usher fan, but I knew almost all of the songs he performed. And then no one told me he was the biggest star on the planet or a billionaire of his music. But again, Usher is someone I know his songs. Right? Why you can't right. say the same thing for Taylor? I don't. I don't know. It's, there's something weird happening there. But nonetheless, <laughs> with Usher, the good thing about it, I guess, this was kind of the premise behind it he wanted to pop you by taking you through his catalog so okay. i think we had the same complaint even with the kendrick and, and you know the, the hip-hop halftime show from a couple of years ago where it seemed like it was just a medley of songs to the point where they never really got into any one song and so it, it, there wasn't they, they didn't do any song long enough for you to really get into it for it to really be a good performance of it it was like a few bars from each song and so it's hard to really have a good show, I think, when you're just playing opening notes of 15 different songs in a few minutes. 
Well, he only had 13 minutes. And he did like 15 songs, right? Yeah. So was, he was so trying he to... Wait, he, I think he did quite, quite a few songs, but he only had 13 minutes to fit those songs in. That's what I'm saying. So, so instead of doing you know, less than... Sounds like he did too much. Song, why, yeah, why don't you just take a couple of different songs? Do like three or four songs. Sounds like he might have tried to do too much. I mean, he's got a long career. He's got a lot of hits. Yes, but I, I think he was doing though, the songs that... He did the songs that were most popular... He didn't do any I songs, let's be real. You can't say he did songs if he did only did it a little bit, like just the intro of the song or just the hook of the song. It's like, right. well, right. he, got to the audience, like, you know this one? And they start singing it. All right, you know this one? Yeah. You know this one? You know this? You know what I mean? Like, he's not performing mm. real songs. You know, the only controversy, I didn't hear anything about that. Like I said, I, I seen a lot of comments saying that they thought it was the best ever since Prince. The Why, only though? Back that up. How? No, that 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 was all I saw. Well, Best ever know, since I Prince. When he, I, I liked when he came on. He had the uh, the uh, when they were roller skating. Mm -hmm. That was nice. I liked that. I, I saw. Some people said he was trying to rip off Michael Jackson with the glove. He was trying. I don't know. I think he had the one glove on. Like I didn't even notice that. Uh -huh. But honestly, I spent the Super Bowl halftime show trying to order from Buffalo Wild Wings, so I kind of missed it. But I was looking at it, <laughs> going back to ordering and looking at it, and nothing was really catching my attention except for the fact that I recognized the songs. I think that was where he was going with it, right? To it hit right. You with, oh, he's got so many hits. Oh, I, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. But uh -huh. right. at least for my ears and for my taste, he never allowed it to play long enough to really get into it. Right. But One of the things then, that I saw was that um, they were talking about the girl that fell off the, the one of the dancers fell off the pole. Um, they were talking about Jermaine Dupri's outfit because he looked like, I don't know, the, the the character on Little Debbie Snacks. And um, oh, ludicrous. And him hugging uh, Alicia Keys. All I saw tight. some memes about that. Yeah, so Alicia Keys came out. Yeah, and that was the highlight. But that's the thing. It seemed like that moment might have been the longest part of the whole show. Hers playing on the piano for a while, right? Yeah, she yeah she played a little bit. Yeah, and then she even do one of her songs. I think she did if I ain't got you maybe for a little bit. Like she yeah, takes she did that, show. but it led into my boo. She yeah. she I yeah. think because it's a part yeah, of yeah, the a few video seconds. That they did. A few seconds. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then but it led into that. It was nice that Ludacris came out at the end, and I think he did his verse. And I was thinking, wow, here's a guy. I mean, this, is, this is a cool story for me, right? He was a radio disc jockey. He was a Chris Lover Lover, whatever his name was, Super Lover Lover, right? And he was performing at the Super Bowl. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So. And by the way, we need more hip hop at the Super Bowl. I was thinking it would be awesome for a Kanye show. I doubt we're going to get that anytime soon. No, it wouldn't be awesome. Uh -huh. um, you Why don't not? think Kanye could rock that crowd, though? I don't think he deserves to rock that crowd. No, we don't need music. any more Kanye. I'm talking about the music, like, you right. know, um, Yeah, before he went crazy, yeah, that he would have been great for a Super Bowl show. Now, um, nah. Imagine, imagine the good life. Jesus walks even, all these- songs. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. Imagine that at the Super Bowl. I, that would probably be the best show of all time, no? I don't know about the best show of all time, but it would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be really, really mm -hmm. dope. That's what I'm saying, but we're probably not going to get that now. We need more hip hop, though, and, and Drake doesn't count. Oh, are you, are you taking the most deaf? The most, the most deaf, deaf route? That, was, that was pretty interesting. You're going most deaf on him now? I don't mean it in a disparaging way, though, by the way. I'm just saying, when I say we need hip hop, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't mean we need pop hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, no, I mean real hip hop. Hip hop, hip hop. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Well, listen, yeah. listen, here's 
since Jay-Z made his partnership with an NFL, every every halftime show since then, the past six, seven years, has been some kind of a hip-hop R&B act. R&B, more so. We did get the one oh. in 22 that was good. We had, we had um, what was it? Um, Dre and, and, and that whole crew? That was the one hip-hop show. What are you talking about? Yeah. Mary J, wasn't Mary J one of them? Or was it Rihanna? Yeah. Rihanna? Rihanna. But I'm saying Mary that's J. singing though. That's R and B. Right. Yeah, but it's you know, it's it's I, I want pure rapping, I'm saying. I want yeah. a halftime show with What about Jay? Rapping. What about a Jay show? What do you think? Wouldn't be as good as a Kanye show. Mm -mm. Ooh, shots fired. And I'm not talking <laughs> about MC wise, I'm talking about show wise. I think Jay Z is a better rapper. Yes, but I'm talking about first yeah. well, halftime show. Was he going to stand there and you know what I mean? Like, what's he going to do? I like Jay Z though. I mean, <laughs> a, yeah. I, I can watch. <laughs> as a Super Bowl halftime performer, though, what's he going to do? Shots fired! Shots fired! I don't no, know. I he'll that, just, he'll think, think of something. He's a genius. He'll think of something real quick. What about what about a Killer Mike halftime show? Oh. Uh, I don't think he's got songs that are known enough. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. not for mm -hmm. halftime. No, I mean, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, but hats off to Usher. I enjoyed the show, the entire show from the beginning to the That's, end. All thirteen minutes of it. So you like the performance? How about a KRS halftime show? <laughs> then you have uh, to saying, "What's going on? No one has ever heard of this guy." Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe sound like I me. Mean, I think the I think the only candidates for that 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 fit that vein would would possibly be a Jay Z, uh, a Kanye, uh, an Eminem, uh, Fifty Cent. But M and Fifty have already been a part of a show. Yeah. So I think Jay and Kanye are probably the only. The only two who could fit that bill. Outcast. Outcast. Yeah, yeah, Outcast could probably do it. Yeah, Outcast yeah, I could, could see probably. them. Mm -hmm. But I, hmm, I don't. I don't know if they've had. Hmm, that's an. It's an interesting question. And have they had as wide an appeal as a Jay Z and a Kanye? Bigger. In terms of crossover success, if you look at songs like, and again, this is maybe cheating. One where he's singing, right. yeah, that singing. Yeah, uh, if you if you discount the 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 what was it, the Love Below and Speaker Box album that hey, 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 uh, that was their biggest hit, right? Right. If you discount Hey Ya, because it's not a it's hey, not a pure hey, rap, hey, and then the other oh. one also with Big Boy, but it was his single, oh. right? That that one. was more of a rap single, whereas yeah. the Hey Ya was was not a rap single, so. Right. All right, so if you do it in New York, New Jersey, right, and do Nas. I don't think Nas has that that mainstream appeal catalog. Right. Nas technically is the biggest underground crowd. rapper. You do it for the New York crowd, though, and they'll go crazy. The New York crowd will go crazy, but the world will yeah. be like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's just local for the crowd. Maybe that's yeah. something that you could do. I don't know. Yeah. I guess they're looking at it more like, like you said, like a global show. But it'd be kind of right. cool to have someone from that particular area where the Super Bowl is held, right? Uh -huh. Right. Globally, as far as hip hop goes, 
you don't get much bigger than uh, 50 Cent and Kanye West. And 50 Cent only has one song. Um, In that yeah, he, he's globally, hip-hop-wise, mainstream hip-hop-wise, he's globally known oh. more than a Jay-Z is in yeah yeah no. yeah are you kidding jay no. doesn't pack crowds overseas like like 50 does we're are talking you about kidding? Overseas. <sighs> it, that's what i said globally we're talking globally here jay is not as known overseas as 50 cent is i think 50 cent was really big for a couple of years like 2003 to 2006 maybe but uh -huh. overall now and in, in this year you think he still it's has less sure it's I, I give it's it's definitely less, but uh -huh. people are more more inclined to know a fifty cent than a Jay-Z. You'd have to you'd have to qualify it by saying Beyonce's husband. I th think you're wrong on that. No, I've had many so. of those conversations out here. Oh uh, never heard of Jay-Z in Japan? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people who haven't. There are a lot of people who have, of course. I'm not saying he's not a massive star. I'm just saying that if you're comparing I don't 50 believe cent, that. Have they heard of Taylor Swift in Japan? Yeah, sure. Absolutely, they have. Absolutely, they have. So. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. James in the chat, what was up with the RFK Jr. commercial? I didn't think they played political oh. ads at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was awful. If you have the money for it, but it's very expensive. It was, and it was awful. <laughs> he said, didn't he make a state, RFK make a statement that he wasn't connected with that? Oh, I didn't see that. Or he made a tweet said, saying something. I'm sorry about if it offended people or or I didn't know that they did. were they can't something about they can't according to the rules. They can't uh, ask me for um, input on on the commercial or something like that. It was a right. tweet. He, he, he made it like that's, it was somebody okay. else that organized it. So that suggests he, that it was not done by his campaign. It was done by a PAC or an IE. Right, an independent right. committee, and so by law he would not be allowed to coordinate with them, meaning right. he would not be able to give any input into what the commercial is or says or does. Uh -huh. Right now, the 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 other thing I heard the controversy about was the Jesus commercial. Wasn't it a Church of Scientology commercial? No, no, this was this was the the, the washing the feet like Jesus washed feet. Um, I didn't see that commercial. Now that that is. Um, something that's connected to the far right, and they're trying to promote this this uh, religious extremism stuff. But um, it was paid for by a number of anonymous donors. But one of them did come out. One of these billionaires came out and was like, "Yeah, I, I, I put in money on that." And this is the Hobby Lobby guy, the guy, one of the owners oh, of the yeah, Hobby they're Lobby. Very religious, the Hobby Lobby, yes. And they're trying I'm to push surprised. this pro-Christian uh, yeah. ideology. Um, and so. Now, if there's a conspiracy theory there, then you got these billionaires that are pushing this, trying to uh, promote this uh, Christian ideology, then there's a conversation there to be had. But Now, didn't well, most I of these commercials, if not all of them, air prior to the Super Bowl? Because I heard that in recent years that had become a thing, where it used to be you tune into the Super Bowl to see the commercial debut, but right. now they're just putting them on TV leading up to it anyway. I think um, I heard that too, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've never been a Super Bowl guy. Um, if I did watch anything, I would be the one that after the Super Bowl aired, I'd go look online for like the string of Super Bowl commercials and watch the compilation of those. Because mm. well, I have you know. a question: Did a lot of people watch the halftime show? What was the percentage? 
of people that watch the halftime show with Usher. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got numbers on that? Um, Sometimes, I yeah. do Sometimes. not know. Um, hmm. Looks like, um, let me see. Usher's halftime show set a record by drawing 129.3 million viewers. Yeah, and that's oh. also something about, you know, how they don't get paid. It's, it's basically just to, to promote them as artists. Right. It was, I'm sure I could see a big spike in their numbers after doing that. But yes. someone said, you know, well, I guess it was one of those memes or posts that he didn't get paid. And then I saw a bunch of people in the comments saying, good, it was horrible. He should have paid them to be there. You know, that kind of stuff. So, like I said, most of the stuff I'm seeing was very negative on that. Uh-huh. Except you did have people, and again, this can go back to what James in the chat was saying, it's generational. People in my generation, I guess, roughly, saying it was a nostalgic thing for us because we recognized those songs. Right. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. You know, and I think we all kind of know where we were in life when those songs came out. You know, and again, this is someone who's not an Usher fan or an R&B fan, but we all hear those songs, I think, and are taken back to those days. Right. We think about where we were. were, Was that law school? Was that high school? Was that college? You know, was I dating this one? Was was I doing that? Was I in this job? Was I driving this car? Was I, you know, what was I doing? I think we all kind of have those associations to songs like that. They represent a moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the one thing I wanted to mention, did you see, you might have seen this, I think it was a TikTok. With a girl, I think she was maybe in the army or something. She went around asking all of her coworkers or colleagues, "Where was Usher at seven o'clock?" Right. Yes, I've seen she that. Candy, if they said if they answered it correctly. Right. Oh, so he actually used a clip of that and he played that before he went into the song. I, that was the best part for me. I was like, "Oh, because I recognize that video that he took it from." He played that TikTok. He played a clip, an audio clip of it. Yeah, it was yeah. just a girl saying, "Where was Usher at seven o'clock?" Then he started singing it. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what her cut was from that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, you can get some pretty significant cash from being broadcast at the Super Bowl. One hundred twenty-nine million viewers. I'm guessing he probably has incorporated that into his show, and you know, maybe now whenever he performs that song, he uses that clip. Oh, that'd be good for her. Could be a pretty good uh, paycheck there. So we, yeah, make, right? we didn't think of a poll question. You want to make this the poll question because, as we've done nuance now. Believe it or not, the first nuance ever was about the halftime show in 2022, I guess. And then we mm. did it again last year for 23. So this will be the third year that we're covering the halftime show on nuance. And so with that being said, I don't mind making that the poll question of the week. Any people's thoughts on it? All right, go for it. What's the what's the poll question? So the poll question of the week is, did you enjoy the Super Bowl halftime show? And we don't need an I don't know. <laughs> yes or no. No cop. Just a yes. Just a yes or no. Huh? Yeah. So right. did you poll last week. Um, yes, we did have a poll question last week. I have not checked the results, but let's uh let's sure. take a look. Let's take a look at the uh results for for last week. Um we had a the question was in regards to uh mayor adams going up to the state capitol to try to get funding to help with the migrant crisis and the question that we had was do you agree with new york city's mayor that the state of new york should cover half of the migrant expenses for the city um 
interesting here. I did have a yes, no, and an I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, results were 38% yes, 62% no. Hmm. Wow. Um, we've had a couple of comments. How about New York sends its trash to Texas in return? It's actual trash, like a sanitation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, we had a, oh boy, this, this account is the epitome of, I'm just asking questions, I'm trying to have a debate. I bet it posts something about the migrant crisis at least 10 more times before November. <laughs> <laughs> guess the, I guess he's tired of uh, us asking about the migrant crisis. Yes. Um, so, but someone from New York City, shout out to Rachel nyc said why bash the original poster for seeking a policy discussion concerning a difficult topic it's not like the issue will evaporate if you stick your head in the sand yeah go yeah. rachel so they probably at this point are believing that we're russian bots or assets or nationals or something i i don't know i guess so rachel actually made another comment saying that she'd say she says yes new york state should help cover the cost for caring for the migrants in nyc they haven't done anything and they need, oh, they basically have nothing and need everything that's expensive. The greater opportunity is is greater coordination between city and state and between states and federal government. She'd like to see, uh, was it uh, Department of Homeland Security and Housing and Human Services take the lead on coordinating distribution of immigrants around this country so no city or state is overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I can tell. I think that's that. that's a that's a pretty prudent um, approach. You know, this is mm -hmm. it's not like they're specifically wanting to go to New York City. They're coming to the country uh, for, you know, whatever the aid and, and things they need. If we have resources around the country, and I think we have speculated about this before, that, you know, there could be help that's not overburdening one system and spreading it around so everyone can get help at this and and not um overburden any one area were people who were saying no explaining why they said no um no i didn't see anybody really come in and say why they said no uh, one person did rebut uh saying um as far as about new york saying they want to be here the rest of the country is much harder if you don't have a car the density means jobs are on the edges we have yeah. we have to shelter them by law besides it being the right thing to do i i don't agree with the fact that they want to be here because right. a lot of these a lot of them were were just inadvertent not inadvertently were um sent up to new york from places like texas or these other border cities mm -hmm. and it wasn't their choice to go directly to New York. So I think they just want to be somewhere safe, somewhere where they can, you know, benefit themselves and their families. Um, I don't think it's, you know, a case of, that they right. only want to be in New York. And they're being told that in New York, there there is an obligation for them right. to, whereas in some right. states they don't have that. Yeah. Uh -huh. But that i do agree you know it does even though it sounded like a negative comment in the beginning the end comment that they left was we have to mm -hmm. shelter them by law besides it being the right thing to do so they do agree with with helping the migrants coming in but does that mean that they want the state to cover it or no they didn't they did not uh specify on that 
They didn't specify on that, so. Yeah. I would think probably yes, right? It sounds like they're saying, so this is the right thing to do. Everyone should just chip in. Like, you know, no budget should deny it. I would think that would be the flavor of that comment, but I guess it's incomplete. Yeah, um, there is another comment here that's interesting, and I think we've talked a little bit about this, and saying the denial around here about the scope of the problem is more than I expected. It's not all right-wing talking points, people, though it is good right-wing talking points. Mm. New York State should step up. How much of Adam's inclination towards wasteful graft should be reined in is a question for Albany. And we, we've talked about that. Like, it's, it is a real problem, right? And, and even if you're, you're for helping migrants, there, there is still the reality of the budget is finite. You know, we can't ignore that, even if you're like, well, we should we should help everybody that comes through. OK, let's let's agree with that. But there is finite money. And I yeah. think Adam Adam said that in um, what several months back. What was it that um, something something in regards to like our hearts may be full, but our pockets aren't aren't as big. Or, I don't know, something in that regard. But there are people though, who don't seem to acknowledge that maybe because they can't grasp the concepts you know yeah. government budgets are beyond anything that, that they can conceptualize as far as what they were spending their daily or even yearly lives right so mm -hmm. it, they can't really maybe grasp it as, as a concept as a tangible thing but right do encounter people who act like money is infinite when it comes to government spending and they'll say things oh, just, just to right. make the rich pay their taxes and this wouldn't be a problem you know what i mean but right they, they never want to acknowledge that the, that budgets are finite Right. Yeah. Um, the quote from Adams was, our hearts are endless, but our resources are not. And it's just a mm -hmm. reality that it's not that's not a, a, a liberal or conservative point. It's not. That's just yeah. it's just a fact, you know, um, how you move from there can dictate whether you're what ideology you're following. But just recognizing that is just recognizing what is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it still doesn't answer, I guess, where it should come from, right? Should the state kick in half? Right. What portion of money is? Well, this person thinks that the New York State should kick in. The other person, the comments that were left seem to agree that um, the state should kick in, kick in, even though the majority of the comments said no, they shouldn't. Right. The majority of the vote said no. The, yeah, the majority of the vote said no. So. Oh well, there you go. Just would like to know how people suggest the city deals with it without the resources that it needs. Right. And I think, you know, I think we see that a lot with with government um, when it comes to matters that are difficult like that. People have their their their, their staunch position uh -huh. and just take that position and, and hold to it regardless of whatever the 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 points are around it. Uh -huh. And just like, okay, the government needs to figure it out. I don't care how it's done, but my way has to be the way that is executed. You need to figure out how to do that and not actually take that nuanced look. Like you said, okay, if this is the case, how, where's this money going to come from? How is yeah. it going to be distributed? Yeah. How are we going to get our hands on it? Uh -huh. So, yeah. you know. We saw that, you know, we saw that during the pandemic, you know, as well. People mm -hmm. just wanted wanted it to be over. Just fix it. It's like it doesn't work like that. You know, also now we're in a spot where people will say that they're tired of hearing about it. 
And yeah, I right. get that. There's a lot of fatigue there, but people want to act like it never happened, right? right. Or just flip on the radar, but we're beyond it now. Right. That's, maybe that's an emotional way of dealing with the problem, but the reality is that we are still recovering from it economically, right. structurally, right. in many ways, yeah. right? Things like the crime rate, even all these mm-hmm. things um, are affected by us having been through the pandemic and right. still trying to work our way really to the other side of it. I think everyone just wants to think that it's done. It's, it's in the past. We're, you know, we're tired right. of it. But and that, still- leads to, that leads to disregarding very real factors that right. Right, have been affected by it. So when you look because at it, a lot of industries, yeah, a lot of industries were affected. Healthcare. Oh, yeah. Education, it affected everything. every facet you know, of our yeah. life. Right? The food chain, yeah, yeah everything exactly. was affected. So people want to compare right. the situation now to how it was yeah. in 2019 before the pandemic. And that's a whole that's right. a different world. We're still trying to recover right. from that. Right. right. And exactly. there's still surges going on. It's not like yeah. it's uh-huh. not like someone turned off the switch and everything just went back to normal. Exactly. Like, there's right. still surges going on right. at the same time. And, and to, like you said, people trying to recover. Right. And then to impact that with uh the migrants. That's like, right. you know, a double whammy, because now you have another issue you have to combat. Right. And, and you know, and then, you know, now you've got a couple of wars going on in different places yeah. in the world. Like life continues even when right. you have these issues and you you just have to be able to recognize that they're there and acknowledge them. You can't just like turn a blind eye. This is not television. We don't have a resolution of the issue at the end of the episode. Right. You know, yeah. I had that it conversation goes on, with someone goes on. not long ago when they were asking what the holdup was of all these cases, right? You know, I practice law in courts in New York. And in normal times, the cases take a long time to resolve. Post-COVID, now there's an even longer delay. And I was trying to explain uh-huh. that to someone that the backlog was even greater than normal. And they said to me, I'm tired of hearing about COVID. Yeah, well, we all are. But that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't deal with the reality of the fact that Courts were closed for over a year, right? And during that time, cases were still being filed and there was no Mm -hmm. movement in any of them. So you can imagine having- Oh my goodness. Right, greater than a year worth of cases that were just sitting there that now have to be resolved on top of all the ones that were filed before that that were ongoing, right? In a normal time, these things take months and months and years and years sometimes. Imagine now, I mean, you're you're compounding that by a great degree. People don't want to accept that though. Uh-huh. Now it, it's there, you know I, there's there's a degree of being spoiled, um, there's a degree of entitlement. Um, we've never faced that type of situation, and it's it's the it's it's a level of inconvenience that we've never really had to face in our lifetimes. Yeah, you know, so they don't remember like the 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 previous pandemic when people had to go through the same type of stuff. They didn't remember the polio pandemic. They didn't, yeah. you know. And that's and again, right, to give it some perspective, that was something unlike anything we had seen in our lives. But right. as you pointed out, there is a pandemic pretty often throughout history, right? It's just right. You, in your lifetime, I'd only get to live through one of them, you know, right. one of them. But, but I mean, it's not like it's a new phenomenon. No, no, no. And, and I actually I wrote an article about uh, about that same thing, like even back in the, the 1920, 1919, uh, 1918 pandemic, they were doing the same thing, social distancing, wearing masks. There were even there were even laws that were being put in place for people to, to make sure they wore their masks. People were arrested 
for not wearing their mask. In one case in San Francisco, a guy was shot by a cop for not wearing his mask. Um, And there's there's actually photographs of people at football games wearing masks back then. Like this is not new. It's just people, the way we're acting about it is just like spoiled children because for, you know, again, we've never experienced it. We we're used to things being wrapped up in timely manner, like a TV show, sitcom type of thing. Um, it's just all of this type of especially stuff when it comes to courts, right? You watch a court drama by the end of the hour; it's all resolved. The person's in jail, or the case is over, or whatever. Right? You know, and and yeah, like you said, and and at the time you said it was, you know, the courts were closed for a year, but prior to that, the courts were still were already backed up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know. That's right. So it's like you're you're putting a backup on top of backup. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to go too long. We had a couple more topics we wanted to get to briefly. I know Sheba wants to mention what happened in Nevada, right? Uh-oh. Yes, yeah, when Nikki Haley um, running uh, the primary and she ran against no one. Oh, I thought you had a Las Vegas story that you was going to tell us about. <laughs> 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 well, um, the Christians, uh, a thousand, um, who is it, Jehovah Witnesses went out to Las Vegas to uh, re- uh, convert people. <laughs> so so Nikki Haley lost the primary? Yes. Yeah, she lost none, none, of of these, none of these candidates. So what happens in that in that situation then? Well, nothing. See, here's the thing. By law... Nevada has to have a primary, right? However, the Republican Party in Nevada wanted to do a caucus instead of a primary, like how Iowa does a caucus, right? A little bit of a different uh-huh. procedure. So there was a court case about it and everything, and it was a whole a whole controversy in Nevada. But the resolution was the primary would still be held because it's the, the law in Nevada, but the Republican Party in Nevada was able to hold its caucus as it wanted to and the winner of the caucus got the delegates to the convention not the primary so in effect the primary had to be held because it was mandated by law but nothing was at stake in terms mm. of the city convention and so the candidates had to choose they couldn't do both they were made to choose do you join the caucus or do you join the primary nikki mm. haley made the calculation that she could not beat trump in the caucus in nevada and so mm-hmm she ran on the primary ballot thinking this was a chance to at least send a symbolic message that she could win however trump was not on the primary ballot because he chose the caucus and so nikki haley was essentially unopposed however for nevada law there's also an option for all elections (laughs) to, to vote for none of these candidates right very rarely does none of these candidates win it almost never happens but in this case, it scored an overwhelming majority, which was a signal that these primary voters were for Trump. But because he wasn't on the ballot, they, they penciled in none of these candidates. And so Nikki Haley lost to none of the above. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, for those saying that she is a strong alternative, at least the voters in Nevada don't seem to think so. No, right. but, but what's is that the climate? You know, is that you think that's the climate of these primaries? That you think that's going to take something like that and have that happen in Nevada? Will another state that could possibly happen in? Is there another it's, state that's it's possible? Like that I think 
I'm not aware of any other states that does that, none of the above on all their elections, you know, but it's possible like, this, something similar happened in New Hampshire, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, Biden won the Democratic primary, not being on the ballot. He, run at, he won as a write-in candidate. So right. if you have that yeah. not right. option, you might have seen something similar where Trump could have won as a write-in, right? Right. Yeah. So in that case, do you think she should just call it a day? Like after that happened? Well, I think she's going to South Carolina. That's her home state. She's trying to have a strong showing there. And then we'll see from there. I think she needs to have a strong showing. But as far as I'm concerned, her path is pretty much over. I think it's foreclosed at this point. Her, right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been it's yeah. it's been gone. I mean, we we knew from the start Trump was the most likely uh, candidate that they were going to be that was going to win their primaries or that they were going to run. You know, I think they should all drop out. All everyone on the Republican side, every single one of them should drop out. Well, who else is run? Who else is running besides Nikki? I thought all of them had left. All yeah, the major ones have dropped out. It's a two-person race, officially. Right. That's yeah, what I think all the... Oh, okay. There's probably some smaller candidates, but that never get coverage. But okay, covered. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. Uh, we, we should acknowledge that as a legal matter, right? In every primary, presidential primary, there are dozens, if not more, candidates that no one ever talks about because they don't have any uh, way of winning, right? So the media doesn't even treat them as if they exist. Right, right. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, viable. Right. So, you know, I think there was another thing you wanted to mention. You were talking about the, the John Stewart return. And did yes. he, wasn't this one of the topics that he was talking about? He was talking about the, the election. Right. Right. But his, his whole monologue was about both candidates being too old. Right. And that's see, uh, I didn't see that that episode, but I did see a, a snippet of where he was saying that, you know, it's not anti one or pro another to recognize that these, these guys are both seem to be in cognitive decline and we have to talk about this. These are put that are going to potentially be leading our country. Yeah. Um, It's It's a little both sidesy to me. Um, I wasn't a fan of it. I don't think you should conflate what's happening with Trump's cognitive decline and Biden, who has a stutter. I mean, I think that's making fun of a handicap, but. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's a stutter. Listen, yeah. listen, I, I definitely seems- prefer Biden over, over Trump any day. It's not even close, not even close, but we cannot ignore that the, it's not a stutter the way that Biden has been talking lately. He sounds like he is too old to be doing anything. He sounds that's that's the conspiracy theorist, in my opinion, seeping through. They're, they're actually getting to you by you. No, that, that's have right you listened to him speak? Think, have yeah. you listened to him speak? He does he not speak well. He does. What are you talking about? He sounds fine to me. He's speaking very. He's like, yeah, uh, I'll send you a video. I just saw of him giving a tour of the West Wing and the Oval Office and everything, and there was nothing wrong with it. His latest speeches have been horrible. I would not, yeah, and he's got more speaking engagement coming up. Yeah. If I would, if I were advising, I'd I'd either try to find some way to get him to sound a little bit more animated, yeah. 
or try to limit his public speaking because right, it's not yeah. a good representation. That's and I think fair. his his presidency has been good. He's been doing a great job, but his age is showing and it doesn't. It's like doesn't one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies. I think people want that to be the case. And so they're projecting that onto him. It's, it's a convenient way to ignore, for example, that uh, Trump thought that Nikki Haley was Nancy Pelosi. No, listen, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that 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 Trump's in a better cognitive space. Trump is deranged. I think it's, Biden it's is compared just, to two. But you see more talk about Biden being too old because the Republicans are pushing that narrative. Well, because yeah, they're pushing that narrative, but it's also if you look at him and watch the way he moves, the way he talks, he's moving like he is debilitated yeah. or something. He's moving like an ancient dude. He's talking like a. a I don't think you can really compare that to what's going on with Trump. Honestly, I think that the world's apart. I think if you put them on a debate stage, you'll see that. You can watch the debate from 2020. You can see them. That there really is no comparison in terms of. Yeah, but Michael, right? But he he's mixing up. He he he. At one speech, he talked about somebody that was um, deceased. He's made gaffes, and he's done that throughout his career. He's mixed I up the. Uh, I know. President, right. uh, presidents of our countries. Mexico and Egypt. Yeah, I get it. I'm not talking but, about the gaffes. No, I'm not yeah. talking about, like, I, 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 Mike is right. In, in my opinion, Mike, he's been doing gaffes his whole career. That's like what he's been known for, right. right? He's a really genuine dude, but he does make a lot of gaffes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about his speed of speech. I'm talking about his movement. If All you right, look so at you the way his face... I'm but sorry. You, you give me a cup of coffee. I think you're really reading into it a little too much in, in that regard. And you know what? And to be fair, maybe I, because he should know that that's going to be the criticism automatically. Maybe he should do more to combat that, right? And be more proactive with that. So he needs to be more animated. Okay. But I, but yeah. going, getting back to John Stewart, though, I think John Stewart was making too much of a false equivalency. He was making it seem as if both sides were you know equally bad. Um. Mm. Maybe it's his way of not trying to turn people off because it was his first show back. So maybe he was like not trying to be too polarizing on the first episode and have more people tuning in and then he can really get to the truth later on. But it came off as a little both sidesy to me. Mm. Uh, yeah. Know, should be, if, if you're being fair, I don't think this should be presented as both sides are the same. Well, I, I, I agree that they're, they're not the same but they're both facing a different sort of cognitive issue that yeah. needs to be that, that we can't just ignore. Right. right. I think Trump, I Biden, Biden is an age related. It seems that way. Trump is deranged. There's there's psychosis there. You which don't think that that's age related either. You don't think it's early on? No. no, I think it, well, it could be. But I don't think I think he's always been that way. He's he's crazy. He's. <laughs> oh, but I'm talking about in terms of cognitive decline. You don't see that in Trump more so than in Biden. I think. Well, I, I think. I think it's it's similar, and what masks it, or what makes it not seem the same, or could potentially make it not seem the same, is because he's his he still has the energy in his speech, the aggressiveness of which yeah. he speaks. So though, makes yeah. it sound like he's more coherent, even though yeah, I think Trump, he's less coherent. I think he's less yeah. coherent. Trump has no crazy. energy. He, he's always been low energy. You ever hear him talk? He, he doesn't. He's not a rah rah kind of speaker. He doesn't rile up a crowd. He's very I mean, very restrained in his speaking. No, I'm talking about as far as the the, the 
the volume and the strength of, yeah, of low. It's voice, low, 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 low. It's very low. In low energy, no. low volume, low strength. No, yes. no. very low. No, are you kidding? Compared, to, especially compared to Biden. No, Biden is much stronger. I, did you watch the? Uh, I watched recently when I was in Florida. We watched Biden give that speech on the anniversary of January sixth, right? Mm. We watched, I, didn't, I didn't see. It. Yeah, we watched watched that speech and watched Trump's speech from that same week. Biden is much more invigorated and inspired, right? And confident. Well, I think he needs more of that then. Yeah. Trump is like saying that he's very low, low key, low energy, right? He, he and, and that's his style, that's his shtick. But he acts like even when he's giving a big speech, he's just having a conversation one on one with you, like things are getting bad. That's how he talks. Biden's like, we can't have another term with this guy, you know. But Biden is much more. No, Biden's more not more. like that. Biden's like, not what I've seen. My we can't guy. have no. another term with this guy. We yeah. he's can't much have more, much more fired up. He had the <laughs> moments. He does. Biden has I think it's, it's, I think it, it's be, go ahead. I said and to, in all fairness, he does have, you know, you he does have his moments that he is slow to speech. Um sometimes it seems like does he really fully understand what is what is happening or what he you trying mean to you mean Trump? Oh. No, Biden. Biden. Sometimes Biden looks lost. Like we can't. Yeah. I, don't, this. I don't think. I don't think that's the case. I think Trump looks lost more often than not. Um, we can't ignore just because Trump does look lost. We can't ignore that Biden <laughs> yeah. also does. We see, can't ignore you're doing what John Stewart did. You He's more vocal about it. <laughs> you know, he can, more, but he does what he always does, right? When the problem is with him, he tries to make it sick sound and he says that the problem's with the other guy. So he wants to sure. keep that Biden is the one who's struggling because he's really the one who's struggling. I agree with that. I agree yeah, with that. See, but we can't yeah, but ignore that Biden is also Trump is. He comes out, uh -huh. he's energetic, he starts talking. You he's know, got the hair, I'll give you that. Who? Biden. Maybe if he dyed his hair. People. It, it wouldn't help. It um, wouldn't help. Biden Biden needs to be either maybe needs a cup of coffee or something. There are I've there's been a, a noticeable difference in his speaking style this past year than previous years. It's not the same. He's not speaking the same sort of tempo and same sort of rhythm that he was when he was campaigning for it. And remember, remember, we had a conversation. He did one speech and it was an amazing speech, one of the best speeches that we've seen in a long time. He hasn't had that vigor in the Watch past. The January sixth speech. I thought that was up there. I thought that was one of the best speeches I've seen from him ever. I'll I'll have to take a look, but yeah, I just I think look at that. Yeah, and I don't think it's being like you know uh, both sidesy to say that we got to look and, and acknowledge the issues that it's a you know, distraction. You to me, it's a distraction. It's like to have issues. It's a distraction. It's like when people got on Hillary for the hot sauce thing, right? Like, is that really the most important issue facing America right now, though? No, not America, but I can see people in the community have an issue with it, especially with their their history with the community, because that was more black folks were looking at that saying, hey, look, she's she's pandering and it's Democrats was, trying to do the yeah, same but thing. I think it was more white folks, in particular Republicans, trying to get black people to not support Hillary because of that. Right. Well, they're doing that with right. Well, they're doing that with with Biden right now, right? Because of the the recent Biden video, I guess it came out in the last couple of days, where he's sitting down with uh, a black father and his sons, and they're having a conversation, but they're eating fried chicken, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh, Biden is Biden is uh, 
being racist and he's pandering it's, and it's the the far right that's trying to push this. Have you seen this video? No. Wow. I saw the TikTok video from the Super Bowl that everyone was talking about. And it's, it's kind of funny. And he, I like how he's leaning into it. Did you see the um, – Jay, that's interesting because we were just talking about the conspiracy theory about the Super Bowl being rigged. Did you see right. Biden himself put out a tweet of him, I guess, right. as Dark Brandon or whatever with the red eyes? Yeah, yeah. saying just as we planned. So that was what he was referring to. He was saying that right. that was the plan okay. to bring the Super Bowl so that Taylor Swift could endorse him later on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now that I have to send you the the video I'm talking about, there's there's just Biden sitting down with and and I don't know the man. I think he's probably someone famous. I, I'm not sure, but he's with his two sons, and um, they're sitting around. They're just having dinner and chicken, but they're black, and the the right is saying that um, oh, this is what Biden is doing. Uh, he decides that he's going to sit down with a black family and bring out the fried chicken, like. He's being racist. Aren't you guys paying attention or this type? If they really care about racism, I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. And I I liked how he leaned into on that TikTok. I really enjoyed when they said, I think they even asked him directly, did you rig the Super Bowl for the Chiefs? And he said, if I answered that, I get in trouble. So I I like that. (laughs) He's playing with it, you know, as he should be. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that either. You know. So of course you can have people saying, "See, he's senile because he doesn't even know how to answer the question." He he has got cognitive decline because he didn't say no. He he actually thought that the right answer was yes. Like, that's what we're dealing with now, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I I just I his age is definitely apparent, and that's not. Think, so, you know and, it, is? And, it rubs me the wrong way because I, th- I think so much of that talking point comes not only from the right but from the Bernie Bros. Who said that Biden should not have been president in the first place? He was never going to beat Trump, and now that he did, now they want the narrative to be, well, he can't beat him again because only Bernie could have done that. And so the people on the far left are, are some of them who are, who are big time Bernie, who are still bitter, I think, over Bernie not winning, are still, are still some, and people on the right as well. And it's just it's so transparently politically driven to me that it, it's not real. You know what I mean? It's it's and it's certainly mm-hmm. not the most important issue. It's this is what John Stewart decided to lead off. His return with, you know. I mean, I can I can see people having, oh. you know, those those people having certain points like that, or wanting to push that certain narrative. Uh, I can see wow. that that possibility as well. Absolutely, that's. I'm it's, just saying that pretty much driven. It's, it's politically driven. Absolutely, some of it is. I think that's not where I'm coming from with it. I'm looking at a guy and I'm like, this guy is really. But, but I really uh, think though that those narratives are affecting you, right? Because if that nah. wasn't out there. It wouldn't nah. be a conversation. No, it absolutely would. Uh-huh. If you just look at the way he moves, like he moves like an old man. He's an older guy. We, we get it. Does that have any bearing on his ability to do the job? Yes, it could. If he's not able to react or speak in a, in, in a way or, or think, it does raise those questions. When you start to move in that fashion or speak in that fashion, other uh-huh. factors are what lead to that. That's and so you do have to question. It, it is something you have to acknowledge. It, it, there's a potential there. Ageist to me, though, said because someone moving moving a little slower, that means that they're senile or they're they have dementia or they're not sharp anymore. Or that there's the possibility. That we, possibility we can't. Right? You can be young Yeah, we can't not acknowledge there. that. We can't not acknowledge that. But I think you look at what's actually happening. If And, you know, you talk to people who are in the meetings with him and say he's as sharp as ever. He's still running these meetings like nobody's business. Look at all and the that would be great. That his administration has delivered, right? Now, I think they need to do a better job communicating that and trying to change the narrative as hard as that is. Because why are we talking about 
his age, because John Stewart made a big show about it last night. We should be talking about the administration's successes, but that's never this new story. Absolutely. I and I completely agree with that, too. Like, I, you know, I've sent you s several things like this is what Democrats need to be talking about. You need to get out there and let his nuts hang like he's done this. He's done that. Like, this is what they should be blasting. Yeah. Um, but they're not doing that either. So, you know, but we can do both walk and chew gum at the same time. It's it's he can be doing an excellent job, but also be you know, having some issues that we need to address. Like, but if he's doing an excellent job, other. if he's doing an excellent job, and then you look at him and you say, well, he's moving a little more slowly than he used to move because he's getting older and he's under the stresses of the job, which we acknowledge he's doing excellently. Then why are we even questioning whether his moving more slowly is affecting his ability to do the job when we already acknowledge that he was doing a good job? Because he's asking to do four more years of it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you're saying that it may speculatively get even worse to the point where yes, it yes. the job. I've noticed a big difference in the past year. Now you're talking about four more years of this very stressful job. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's a question we have to ask. Oh. We have to we have to know. Like it it's only a fair question to ask. But if we see that his slowing down hasn't affected the work so far, should we have any indication that that's going to change? Sure. It can change at any moment. It could. Anything could happen. Any of us could not wake up tomorrow. But absolutely, with the facts as they are, right? Not as we wish. Right. To be but, a Bernie supporter. In my in my in my observation, the past year there's been a noticeable decline compared to the years prior. In this past year, this could be that starting point. This could be that point. So from here, if it accelerates at that same speed, the next four years is going to be problematic. All right, well, we need a debate. We have to have a debate between these candidates because then you you'll see side by side and then you'll see, right? Everyone's talking about, oh, Biden is declining. But you put him next to Trump and there's really no comparison. I don't think anyone says that anymore. So actually, that might be a good thing for him because the, the expectations are set lower. So when, here's, he, here's, when he comes out, right, and he runs circles intellectually around his opponent, People will be like, whoa, we didn't expect that out of him. Now, here's the thing. I think Biden is still very capable of running intellectual circles around Trump. I think his answers are going to be one of substance. Yep. I think they're going to be uh, policy based. They're going to be common sense. Trump is going to come out and he's going to talk nonsense. He's going to spout conspiracy theories. He's going to do uh, ad hominem attacks. He's going to do insults. He's going to have no substance. However, Biden's way of delivering them is going to be problematic because of the way he speaks slowly, the way his gestures are moving slowly. It's not going to look good but for it's him. Gonna, it's going to look worse for Trump because as slow as you're saying Biden is, Trump is even slower. No. Biden has more energy than Trump does. That's the thing. Yeah, I didn't he does. Get out of here. Empirically and factually true. Get out of here. It's not true. Trump was like this. It's not true. Things are going bad right now. Biden's like, we can't have more of this guy. Look at you know, like, Biden is much more emphatic in his delivery than Trump is. Definitional. Get out. Get out of here. No way. I I fear. Yeah. That even though Biden has is going to have the better answers, the better, more well thought out answers. If you stick them on the stage, the debate stage next to each other, from the performance that I've been seeing Biden as of late, 
He's not going to look very good next to Trump. His answers watched, are going to be better. Have you watched Trump lately? To say that. Seriously, I've, I've seen, seen yes, Trump lately. I've seen some. I've seen some. Send me but some. I don't more. know how you can even fathom that, right? Because send me it, some more. I will check it out. Yeah, I've seen but Trump. From what I've seen, Biden, I've seen them both. I fear them being next to each other on the stage, even though but I don't think Biden's substance is going to really stand out over his movements and his way of speaking compared to. He's going to sound Trump. more presidential, more composed, more stately. Trump is going to sound like but, an old idiot but, and one whose cognitive abilities are declining, right? Yeah. I agree with your assessment of Trump. I'm just saying that I think Biden's is going to shine more standing next to him. His his issues are going to shine standing next to Trump because, listen, when Trump moves his hand like this, he moves it like this. Biden does like this. Like Biden's doing Tai Chi. You're watching slow motion, Jay. I don't think you're watching about <laughs> if that's what you, If that's what you took away from all this. <laughs> listen, listen it's, it's, it's not... Um, it's not doing any of us any disservice, uh, any service to ignore these issues that that Biden faces, especially the campaign. They're going to have to know that this is going to be what people are looking for and looking at. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe he needs a cup right. of espresso going out there. The campaign, before. you're right, needs to communicate his successes and present yeah. him in the best possible light, as all campaigns do. At the same time, it's not doing a country a service to have John Stewart be both sides of you on the Daily Show. Well, you know, I, I I agree and disagree with that. I agree that um especially if you, he's trying to get, you know, he wants he knows what's what the issue is with Trump. You know, taking a, a good stand on this would be beneficial, especially we're trying to make sure that Biden wins over Trump. We're definitely trying to avoid another Trump and we're trying to continue the successes of Biden. Let's let's make let's make that clear so people don't think it's just a an anti-Trump vote, right? You want you want no Trump in office, but you also want to continue and build on the successes that, that Biden has been able to accomplish. Um so in that vein, John Stewart coming out the way he comes out, I can see it some people have an issue with that. In another vein, as you step back in an American and look at the field of view of what you're choosing against and looking at some of the flaws and issues of both candidates, it's not a, it's not wrong to question these things or have trepidation at what you're looking at in the field. Mm -hmm. To me, it's Hillary with the hot sauce. It misses the point entirely. <laughs> so, I mean. All right. I think we've gone way, way into the woods here. Uh -huh. oh, what are we doing on time? Yeah, I think it's time to go to the bottom line. Sheba, what is the bottom line? Because uh, my bottom line was going to be that I, I listen to Pandora, I listen to Spotify, and not just hip hop. I listen to a, a, a wide variety of different artists, and not once has Taylor Swift come up on my playlist. <laughs> but she, 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 what is the actual bottom line? Uh, well, I think we should research Taylor Swift and see how she became the billionaire on songs, on music only. Yeah, see if, if anyone line. has ever heard any of her songs for that matter. Right. That would be my bottom line. Maybe she, oh, That's a good one. Maybe she's not the bop, but maybe there is a bop playing her songs, and that's why she's getting all this money. 
Right. Very possible. Very possible. We so, never know. It's all possible. <laughs> AI so, is in the mix. Conspiracy AI theory. is in the mix, right? <laughs> so for those right, who want to find us. Yes, they can find us on YouTube and Instagram and wherever podcasts are. Um, discussions on Reddit, Daily Co's. And um, yeah. Come and uh, subscribe, follow, comment, complain, yell, scream, whatever you want to do. Just interact and engage, because that's uh, kind of what the point of uh, these kind of conversations are. Is we need to have interaction, we need to have engagement. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. we need to be, uh, we need to be, you know, present in in some of these topics. Well said. I'll be in Albany. This I sound like a, a touring comedian or something like that, right? Come, come check me out on the road. But no, I'll be, at, I'll be at Albany this weekend for caucus weekend. And so hopefully some good discussions will be held there. And next week I can report back about it. Right. But while you're in Albany, there's a vote going on. Up. You know, I uh, had my meeting with uh, our league, had our meeting. There's a vote, equal rights vote. Mm -hmm. That's got the assembly. It's in the... Uh, are you talking about um, ratifying the Equal Rights Amendment? Yeah, well, the equal rights, because of once the Supreme Court made their decision, New York State's going to firm up that DEI stays in. Oh, I see. Why are you in Albany? Yeah. And it stays intact in New York State. Okay. So while you're in yeah. Albany, that, that vote is coming up. It's in the Assembly and it's coming up. Okay. So why so you tell them we're talking about it. it, it they won't have the vote over the weekend, but I'm sure the no. discussions. So yes, yeah, yeah. so we'll we'll talk about that next Tuesday when we get back on here. Okay. Yeah, we look forward to the to the update. Yes. Um, yes. As always, we've got work to do. We'll catch you next time.